This season reshapes itself around the long and deep promise that is God. From ancient times, the echo of this story has haunted our world, reinventing itself, finding a way to to bring hope into every age. And we hear it still, whispered through the air, in the hope and expectation of incarnation. Hi, and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name's Stuart and I get to be the minister here. It's brilliant that you've been able to join us at this time from wherever you find yourself today. We're glad that you're here and we want you to know that you are loved. Today in our worship I'm joined by Blake and Yvonne. Blake's going to read for us in a moment and Yvonne will lead our prayers in a little while. There's loads of things that are happening at St Ninian's over the coming Advent and Christmas season. So please stay tuned to the end to hear a bit more about it or visit our website at st-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk or keep up on our Facebook page at St Ninian's Church Stonehouse. Now, let's hear Blake read for us this morning. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees of his eyes. Or decide by what he hears of his ears. But of righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the shash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lying and the yearling together, and the little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hands into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. Matthew chapter 3 Verses 1-12 to 12. In those days John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of for the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes are made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptising, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. 
I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff of unquenchable fire. Something is wrong. They all feel it. Things are not as they should be. This wasn't what they were promised. This isn't what was supposed to happen. Israel was supposed to be a new kind of community. One founded on God's law, one focused on what God required, dependent on God for their flourishing. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From its roots, a branch will bear fruit. When shoots are growing, they can cause all kinds of brokenness. And apparently, strong defensive wall can be reduced to a fragile, cracked and unstable barrier which could easily crumble. One tiny shoot reaching for a chink of light can dismantle the sturdiest man-made blockade. Brokenness, fragility, vulnerability, paths from which we often shy away. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and the little child will lead them. Do you remember as a child peeking through the cracks in a wall to see what lay behind and beyond? Just like the child playing with the cobra's den, perhaps curious about what lies within, hoping for something new. Do you remember hoping that the chink of light shining through the broken stones might be a window? A window into another world, a different world. Was there perhaps a pathway leading onwards, an adventure to be had, a possibility and the view through the crack in the wall? Brokenness, fragility, vulnerability, paths of hope and new possibilities. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. Sometimes when we fail to achieve a goal or feel vulnerable and out of our depths, we find ourselves questioning ideas or or belief systems that we've grown up with. It may seem almost impossible to survive. However, a dismantled ego allows piercing light to eliminate many precious hidden parts of our essence, which might have been covered up and protected a long time ago, even a lifetime ago. Fresh insights and what seemed like an impossible dream suddenly become a reality. One broken person can share light with another more easily because the light shines through the cracks in each other's defences. Just like the child peeking through the broken stones in a wall. There's so much more to be seen and to be shared when the barriers begin to crumble. Brokenness, fragility, vulnerability, they're all paths of transformation. They will neither harm nor destroy on my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. 400 years later, something is still wrong. They all feel it. 
things are not as they should be. This wasn't what they were promised. This wasn't supposed to happen. Israel was meant to be a new kind of community, one founded in God's law, focused on what God required, dependent on God for their flourishing. John the Baptist stands in that same prophetic tradition as Isaiah, a voice in the wilderness, crying, prepare the way of the Lord. It's easy to see why people are drawn to this charismatic figure out by the river, calling on people to change their ways. His camel hair tunic, his leather belt, his strict diet of locusts and wild honey all point to the Nazarite, the holy man. Prophets used to be ten a penny, but there hasn't been one for 400 years. Prophecy is all about speaking the truth, the truth about what is and the truth about how things should be. The Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann suggests that such prophecy has two functions. The first is to dig deep enough, deep enough into the present circumstance to avoid denial. And it seems that we've become very, very good at denial. There's a long, long list of things we do our best to ignore unless things become so awful that we have to confront them. Big stuff like climate change and famine and droughts, the injustice of debt, the hoarding of wealth, war, food banks, but also the things that are perhaps much closer to home. The small injustices in our communities or even in our homes that we turn a blind eye to or even tell ourselves that, well, that's just the way it is. Prophets confront us with uncomfortable truths about our part in all of it, either through our own actions or inactions. But how can we change our ways if we don't know what we're changing from? We need to know the causes of the problem before we can fix it. We need to know who we are, both as individuals and as a community. These people who were going to see John are people whose ancestors had been slaves in Egypt. They had recognised that they were stuck. They couldn't change things on their own and so they cried out to God for help. And God freed them, leading them across the water into the wilderness. And they're in the wilderness for 40 years learning how to be different. God gave them laws that were supposed to help them to live together in community. Don't kill, don't steal, don't tell lies. These are not rules for the benefit of the individual, although they do help everyone. The point is that if we all agree to keep them, then we don't have to live in fear. Nobody does. And that changes everything. It was at that point, when they come to trust this way of living, that they'd come to trust fully in God, that they left the wilderness, that they crossed over the Jordan, just where John is, into the promised land. And they would live and show the whole world this new way of life was possible. But they lost their confidence. They didn't like being different. They wanted to be the same as their neighbours. Instead of being content with what they had, they wanted more. And it all fell apart. Now they were living with the consequences. And nobody knew why, because it had been so long. But they knew that it wasn't how it was supposed to be. So John tells them exactly what's wrong. And that kind of deep analysis matters. But we seem to have become averse to experts. Everyone has a valid point of view, even if we know absolutely nothing about what we're talking about. And so we need to keep learning. Because we've discovered again and again and again that sometimes the things that we knew for certain are anything but.
but we still cling to those certainties. One of the things that we forget about knowledge is it's always provisional. We know something to be true given the current information that we have. That's how science works. That's why we keep researching, to confirm what we think we know and to make new discoveries when new information becomes available. They say that knowledge is power. Prophets are people who know. They know what's wrong and they know why. And they tell everybody so there's no hiding from it. And it's an intoxicating mix. Even the religious leaders find themselves down by the Jordan confessing their sins and asking for baptism. And baptism's just a ceremonial washing, a washing away the sins of the past. But this wild man is full of righteous anger, speaking truth to power. And look where he is, in the wilderness, beside the River Jordan, just where the people had crossed into their new way of living. The second of Brueggemann's tasks for the prophet is to help the community to imagine past the crisis. How could things be different? What would that actually look like? And that's always a huge problem for us, especially when we're faced with huge structural problems. How do you fix the health service? How do you solve climate change? How do we feed the whole of the world? The other day at Morning Prayers we were talking about situations that seemed as though there was no way to change. One of them was Northern Ireland. How do you make peace in a conflict that has been going on for such a long time that seems so entrenched? You show it. You demonstrate that it's possible. Ian Paisley and Martin McGuinness did that once the fiercest of enemies became the best of friends. They were known as the Chuckle Brothers. They were inseparable, always giggling together. And if they could be friends, well, anyone could. Mandela did the same in South Africa. When he came to power, he could have put the leaders of the apartheid regime in jail, but he didn't. He made friends with F.W. de Klerk. He wore the Springbok rugby shirt, a symbol of a white man's game. He knew that to make progress, you had to make friends. In both cases, the key was not to forget the past, but to tell the truth about it. The truth and reconciliation hearings were painful in their honesty, but vital to help people to move on. There are so many reasons not to change. It's hard, really hard. Power will shift, and if we have some, then we really want to give it up because we're fearful that, well, those who have been oppressed and denied and overlooked, well, well, they might want revenge. Prophets help us to imagine a world that is better. And often in some very unexpected ways. A child will be born in the muck and the straw. What kind of solution is that to anything? But it's the unexpected combinations that shape the kingdom. That illustrates the grace that creates a new way of relating and, and being together. The wolf and the lamb, left and right. The asp and the child, the rich and the poor. The leopard and the kid, remainers and brexiteers, the lion and the calf, black and white, the cow and the bear, Protestant and Catholic, toddler and serpent, Christian and Muslim. It's the unexpected combinations, the things that no one would have thought of putting together. These are the things that shape the kingdom, that illustrate the grace, that creates a new way of relating, a new way of being together. Heaven 
and earth, divine and human, God and flesh, baby and straw. This is how the kingdom comes, in new and unexpected ways. But who would ever have believed that that would work? Loving God, we thank you for this time of year, this Advent season which reminds us of so much and which reveals so wonderfully the extent of your love. This is a time for looking back and remembering the birth of your Son, light into our darkness. A time for looking forward and anticipating his coming again, but above all a time for the present moment, for examining our lives, searching our hearts 
exploring your word and renewing our faith. A time for recognising more fully that Jesus is with us each moment of every day, now and always. Heavenly Father, at this time supposedly of goodwill among all, we pray for peace. We know that without justice there can be no peace. Let peace come when all people are respected, regardless of race or religion. Let peace come when trading weapons of mass destruction is a crime. Let peace come when the Earth's resources are used wisely for the common good. Let peace come when money is used to serve and not enslave the world. Lord, give peace to the world. Give peace to the victims of war, the refugees, the widowed, the orphans. Give peace to family and friends, to those who have quarrelled and need to be reconciled. Give peace in our own divided hearts. Lord, your Son came as the Prince of Peace and brought a message of peace for all people. Help us to be peacemakers in our own homes, at our work or wherever we meet people, so that the peace and goodwill of Christmas can find a place in the hearts of all people. We ask that you strengthen us, especially at this busy time, that we might make time for preparation. Amid the rush of life, help us to find inner quietness and an awareness of your presence. Let this Christmas be a time when we concern ourselves not so much with material presence, but rather our spiritual blessings. As we draw closer to Christmas, we think of those who are concerned about money worries, those who face choosing between heating their homes or eating, those who simply would not manage without the aid of food banks, those who have no homes or who fear losing their homes through lack of finance. Help us to care more for each other so that the vulnerable are supported and protected. We pray for people who are lonely, those who are lonely because they have lost a loved one, those who are lonely because no one seems to care, those who are lonely because of illness or disability. Let your presence be with those who are alone at this season of friendship and may we take our friendship to those whom we know will be alone this Christmas. We pray especially for those who struggle at this time of year, for those who put on a face while their hearts are filled with sadness. We pray for friends and family who are ill at this time and remember them in the quietness of our hearts. We bring them to you in confidence that you love them and know their every need and that your healing power is still the same today. Bless all that is being done for their recovery and answer our prayers as you see best. Loving Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever. Amen. As we go from this time together, we go into the world. So God, send us with a spirit of understanding. Inspire us with your spirit of wisdom. 
challenge us with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Let us go and live out our faith and show the face of God. Let us be transformed by you, our God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, with us always. Food Bank meets every Sunday at St Ennian's Church from 1pm until 2.30pm. Your donations, as always, are very gratefully received. And our Advent Bible study will begin on Thursday the 1st of December and every Thursday thereafter in December from 7.30. And that's going to be on Zoom. The meeting ID and passcode are on your screen now or are available on the website. On Tuesday, our coffee morning will include a Christmas carol service. That's on the 6th of December at 10.30am at St Innes. You're all invited. Please do come along for some coffee, some Christmas treats and some carols and a Christmas service. Our Boys Brigade Company are hosting a carol service on Wednesday the 7th of December at 7pm in the church. That's the 7th of December at 7pm in the church and everyone's welcome to come and join in with that. On the afternoon of the 11th of December at 3.30pm we have our Light in the Darkness service. That's a service of remembering for those who find Christmas a difficult time because of loss and bereavement. Please let your friends know. Speak to folk that you think might benefit from this service, from coming along and being able to spend a bit of time in the quiet, giving thanks and remembering. Our friends Anka and Quentin will be hosting a candlelit concert on the 11th of December. That's in the evening at 7.30pm. Tickets for that are £10 and are available from folk at the church and that will include some refreshments. Our Christian Aid concert is back On the 18th of December, groups from around the village will entertain us and we'll all get to sing some Christmas carols together. Santa might even pay us a visit and that's from 6.30pm on Sunday the 18th of December. Raising funds for the fantastic charity that is Christian Aid. And our Santa's bedtime story is back on the 23rd of December at half past six. Santa's going to pop in. He's very busy, but he's going to spare us some time. He's going to come and tell the little ones a story. There'll also be some cookies and hot chocolate and stuff like that after the story in the hall. And of course, our watch night and family Christmas Eve services will be on the 24th of December. <laughs> 